0: And the answer was that the uh, people in the military police were way more satisfied with that than people in the Air Force. This was very puzzling because almost no one got promoted in the military police and everyone got promotions in the Air Force. So, why would people be more satisfied in the military police? Well, the answer is that so many people got promoted in the Air Force that getting promoted was meaningless, right? Um, so few people got promoted. The The median condition in the military police was not getting promoted. So if you didn't get promoted in the military police, you're like, well, no one is. It's fine. If you didn't get promoted in the, mil- in the Air Force, oh, man, you're devastated because everyone's getting promoted, right? And if you did get promoted, it's like, who cares? Everyone's getting promoted. So it's like, do you see that like, the... <laughs> it's this totally inverted thing you think that you're making life better by promoting everyone but you're not you're simply creating you're simply altering the set of existing expectations um, so the so yeah I don't know whether you can um, messing around with hierarchies is a very 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 tricky business and it's probably better just to try to avoid them when you can
1: Thanks.
0: Oh, go ahead
2: Hi, welcome. Thanks for coming. in. Um, my question is a little bit around, I guess, your media diet. Obviously, as someone that writes a lot about social science, you have to go through a lot of academic journals. But what was actually really interested to see was that you had a really I mean, cogent and, and fluent conversation with Bill Simmons, often on his blog, about sports and different topics. So I was wondering a little bit about your media diet outside the academic journal sphere, and like how you kind of keep your mind and horizon broad yeah. across different topics.
0: Well, I'm a huge sports fan, so there's an enormous amount of consumption of sports-related stuff. Uh, And um, particularly these days, I I spend an enormous amount of time watching obscure European track and field meets on sort of live streams at 2 in the morning. Um, So there's that. And then... uh, But I think, you know... My strategy has always been you can't you have to very consciously differentiate yourself from where you think your professional peer group is going um, so the to the extent that people are my to the extent that people migrate to things that are accessible online, I feel I should migrate to things that are inaccessible online, so the value. Or to the extent that people stop reading books and read, I feel I need to read more books. Um, so I've been tr- what I've been trying to do is to kind of—it's why I spend a lot of time in actual physical libraries, reading things in hard copy, because there is a kind of a serendipity that you get when you. This is not in any way Mendez's criticism, by the way, of search engines for example <laughs> which are incredibly useful but they are but they you know they also have limitations they reward a certain kind of serendipity and they punish another kind of serendipity right and if you really want to if you're interested in serendipitous learning as i am much of what i uncover is uncovered serendipitously you have to be a student of all of the different mechanisms of chance encounters with the unusual and the insightful. And so that means that not only do I spend a lot of time screwing around online on databases, but I also very, very consciously make sure that I go to physical libraries and walk through the stacks. And even something as simple as you're interested in one book, and then you go and you just look at all of the books that surround it. Right? And the connections are not always... The connections are... There's, there are connections between them, but it's a different kind of connection than they would be connected online. It's not a keyword connection, right? It's a thematic connection or it's a... So there's all these sorts of... You have to be a student of these kinds of... Um, of, the, of the different ways in which ideas cluster... Um, And so that, and I've been, I've thought a lot about that in recent years as a way of distinguishing myself from um, other journalists. Thank you.
2: Hi, I have a quick question. In your last uh, book, Outliers, you spoke about uh, the advantages of, you know, whether it's being born in a certain year or having access to the earliest computers and stuff like that. And in this book, you have a whole new section called the disadvantages of being advantageous. Mm. I was wondering if you see a contradiction or if,
0: how do you reconcile the two? Yeah, well I have several answers to that question. Um, uh, so there's clearly a difference between, the notion that I play with in this book is called desirable difficulty. And desirable difficulty is a class of, uh, of difficulties that have paradoxical outcomes that force you to do things that end up being advantageous. So um, there's a whole whole school of uh, of research around these people at UCLA called the Bjorks who try and uncover specific examples of desirable difficulties. A good one would be, for example, a simple one would be um, studying strategies uh, to the extent that you can make your studying process more difficult, you will retain more information. So the Bjorks have this beautiful data that says if you're learning um, something very complex, um, the best thing to do is to learn it in small chunks. So say I have three tasks that require mastery. I have two choices. I can master the first, master the second, and master the third or I can break up all the learning into 10 minute chunks and do 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. minutes. They say do the latter, even though it's harder, even though you have to start over.
3: Yo, um, but this was, this was super valuable, bro. Yeah, I'm glad. This is super valuable. Yeah, I'm glad. all right, so we got, I got two things. And you and hit I, me I off the phone,
4: phone, too, because whatever I can, I can do to help you, I, you just hit my phone, bro.
3: Yeah, because yeah. I need that. I'm having it. 7,400, I like that. Where else can you go into an auditorium for 20 minutes, an hour? Like, where can you go and speak without having to stretch without having to be uh, number one in the country I was shooting? You know, or <laughs>
5: yeah, I, I mean,
3: even if, like speak. an
4: attorney, you got to do all this research, you got to do all this writing, you got to end this a lot. I can't think of any other profession. Let's just take out the fact that you're saving lives. Yeah. Let's just, I want to tell you about that one kid with the weed in school, but I don't know if we have time for it. But let's just take out the idea of... It's up to you. Okay, I so let me that. share this story. But don't forget to come back to this, though. Oh. Are you going to forget?
3: Well, that's what okay, I do.
4: Right, professional. So let me just, this is one, This like, the bag is good. Matter of fact, let me stop playing. The bag is great. Like, the bag is <laughs> phenomenal. It's life-changing, right? And that allows us to be able to feed the kids in South Africa. We put 40 kids in college. Like, it allows us to be a blessing to more people. But, man, it's these type of stories right here I could talk about all day. I went to one school, and I was either in Memphis either in Memphis or on the south side of Chicago. I can't remember what city, but I'll go in. I do my thing, struggling. Heavy drugs in the school. Folks getting stabbed. Like, it's one of them type of schools. I pour my heart out, bro. I'm sweating. I speak for an hour. They walk out of the gym. I probably spend another 45 minutes high-fiving, dapping up the kids. You know what I'm saying? Praying with them on the slide. Like, whatever they need, I'm just, I bail myself.
3: You're submitting. How many were you submitting, like, at a time per week or what? It
6: varies, but... Per month, I was probably doing between 10 to 12. Yeah, per month. I was going hard, man. But a lot of people don't understand with the federal government, there's no proposal writing. That's what a lot of people get what hung up on. Okay, so the state level, you have to write a proposal. You hear mm-hmm. people say, oh, I hired a proposal writer to write my proposals. Okay, cool. And the federal government, There's no proposal writing. You're just submitting documents. Mm -hmm. Anybody can do that. But guess who's submitting the documents? I'm calling my subcontractor to give me the document that I need. I'm still not doing that. I'm being the best echo. The government says, hey, we need these three documents. Okay, cool. Hey, subcontractor, I need these three documents. They submit the documents to me. I just look them over for, you know, clarity, Mm make sure they read well, because it has to read well. Then I submit that in
3: my package. So that's
6: how I was able to move like this.
3: And what happened when it started to click, where that joint started hitting, like you're getting these contracts? What do you you think happened?
6: I probably started to take my time. Mm. I I probably started to take my time and start to really, really dive into helping the subcontractor. Because now I'm starting to understand they don't know that I'm getting I'm going after a contract for five years. They don't have to charge me all this money up front. They can start to get their money throughout the years like me progressively. Mm. So if it starts out at ten thousand, by the end of year five. We had twenty-five thousand, or we possibly had thirty-five. Gotcha. So in the beginning, I just was accepting all quotes. Okay, you want a hundred thousand? Great. And I just put money on top of the hundred thousand. Okay, now I started to look at prices a little bit different. I say, hey, where can we adjust your price? Because this is gonna be a five year run. When I started to do stuff like that and have conversations with the sub You're negotiating. Oh with my the gosh, sub. yeah. That's when I started to take off because now that when I put my sense, money on bro. top, you feel me? When I put my money on top, I have a competitive quote to the government, and overall, everybody looks good.
3: Gotcha. That's so when the, it started to click. In the beginning, it was just like, all right, you want $100,000? alright right, I'm going to charge the government 110000 or yep, something like yep, that. Yep, yep, But you negotiate the number price. with the, cover, the yeah. subcontractor. Here's my question because you have— 40 people, 40 contracts now, meaning your money is reliant on them performing. Yep. Which seems scary to me. Oh, okay. How do you manage that? Because okay. if I said, I'm like, yo, Joe, you go install the elevator, and he's a <laughs> janky company. Right, yeah. Yeah. That's that's out that's for me, that that would be one of the things that turned me off, like because oh, yeah. no.
6: they out there right the the companies that look good on their website mm-hmm. the company that has the, rep, the great representative that answers the phone mm-hmm. and all that sounds good but their work is just trash mm-hmm. it's out there all you do is you just get them out there remember I'm getting three quotes from three different companies I might just go with this one because they're the lowest but I got two others sitting on the bench mm-hmm. ready to go if this company is jacking up now, I don't manage them while they're out there working mm-hmm. because I tap into what's called the point of contact at the facility. They're there every day. I'm not even nowhere near close to there. So I'm so building— Does that work for them or you hire your own? Oh, manager? I don't hire anybody. So when you get awarded a contract, right, the government gives you a point of contact at the facility to basically oversee your contract.
3: The government gives you a point of contact, contact at the facility. Yeah. So let's say,
6: give me an example. Gotcha. Yeah. So let's say it's a janitorial contract. So the the workers come in there every single day, but it's a person at the government facility assigned to watch that work. I see. They have their My own job. Manager. There you go. My job is to be buddy buddy with that point of contact at the facility. Oh, you're giving the sauce now.
7: (laughs) Yeah, you're giving the sauce
6: now. Then that's how you manage it. Half the time, guess how many times I talk to my subcontractors? Not much. Twice. Invoicing time. Invoicing. Like, when it's time, I I didn't get the invoice on time. Hey, um, John LLC, I didn't get your invoice. What's going on? Can you submit your invoice? Because I want them to submit the invoice to me on time so I can keep that train rolling. Mm -hmm. Or the second time I call them, I just haven't heard from them in a while. Hey, I know everything's going good. Are you satisfied? Like, we good? And, you
3: know, just chop it up. So you hire a ex-company to do this job. Have you ever had a situation where, like... You paid them. Maybe like you paid them and they didn't do the job. You got to like dip, dip into your bread to get a new company to come out, which makes be a higher quote.
6: Yeah. yeah. So the back half of that situation has has happened a lot. I got to get another company, but now they don't want to be at the first company's rate. Mm-hmm. So now it's just dipping to my my money, yeah. right? So if I'm at 10 ruts, and I gotta go into that. That's cool. Price I'm you, still, yeah, yeah, you want 5,000 of my money? You can have it. I'm still getting five right. We're not doing any work at right. all. Right. It's not a big deal. I don't sweat the small stuff. Now, what happens is if they don't do the work, they're not performing. We get paid in the rears. So it's 30, it's net 30. So they gotta do the work first or not do the work before I even pay them. So oh. I'm not paying them. And then they go do the work. They do the work. Then I pay them. So the
3: government pays in arrears. Yep. So you got to say, yo, I, got, I need to net something with y'all. <laughs> yeah.
8: You paying me every- If it wasn't a virus going on, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. You to say evict the guy in three weeks, he's out of there. A John Doe eviction. You had no agreement, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But, you know, right now is a very tough time. You're better off trying to see if you can at least try- to make a deal with the guy, say, "Listen, you know, I I, I'm, I'm, I bought this house. It's supposed to be empty when I bought it, you know." And the guy says, "Well, I ain't got nowhere to go. I ain't got no money." Well, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe you need to, you know, you bought it at a time when things are crazy right now. Nothing makes sense right now. Nothing makes sense in this world right now, you know. So, yep. you know, keep working with the attorney, but I try to make a deal with the guy too. You know, and see if he at least get some money coming in until his damn thing blows over, and then flip the goddamn thing. You know, take you know, there's money out there. Let him apply for it. It's free money. All right. No, you are. You may, right. may want to. You know, I know you. You know, I, I don't know. What to say. I wish I could help you, but I wish the best. It's for your all family, good. I just thought you know. it'd be a good
0: story for the podcast. Yeah, it's
8: a sad story. You know, it's a <laughs> it's story a, it's I don't better. do. Don't ever buy a piece of real estate. The day before you close that deal, even us, we walk through the building. We have to go and see, you know, making sure that uh, the vacancies look decent. You know, you got to do a final inspection before you release that money. Because once you release that goddamn money, it's over. You know, so you got to make sure everything's just the way the you want it.
9: Stop.
7: No, you got
8: to pay a freaking mortgage on it now. You know, you're screwed. So, listen, yeah. you better go try to make a deal. It ain't gonna hurt to make a deal with the guy. Maybe he'll leave for a couple of hundred bucks. I don't know.
10: You know? I should've, I should've took the attorney money and offered him it's to that leave goddamn That goddamn Albanian
8: but... temper you got. You got that friggin' Albanian temper, just like the All right,
9: <laughs> uh, You take <can't laughs> yeah, care of him. You
8: know, you gotta reach us. Go online, reach me if you need me in the future. But good luck to you. Tell uh, send my to your I got parents. A room.
10: I got a room for the show next week, so.
8: Oh, great, great, great. I'm glad you did because we're sold out. We're cut off. I'm not having a bunch of people there. We're going to be very close and in person and, you know, protected. All right, very good. Take care of yourself. Tell your parents said hi. All right, what's up? Have a good night. Oh, you still owe me a friggin' pizza, you promised me.
9: All right, what's up? You got anybody else? Open yeah. House? Hey, and everybody, sorry if I can't get to your super chat because it does disappear after a certain amount of time. Well, that means you ain't quick lot. enough, you know? You need to get on your J-O-B. No, it's because somebody talks a lot. Well, then cut me off. I don't care. I can't because you're actually you saying You go st- like this. You're you helping somebody. Whatever
8: you get in a super chat you want to read, For now on, go like this. Okay? Let me Fine. see you do it. There you go. Not so hard you break the table. You put friggin' marks in my leather here. You had no appreciation for nice shit. Just came with the house. Shit was bought by a big shot ball player, man. God, kids don't appreciate nothing. Oh, my God. All right, I what else most, you got? I,
11: all
9: right. IGH Properties, thank you for the 999 nine nine. 99. 99. you can getting ready to tell me a lot of nines, Sorry. boy.
8: For five, going to give me some of that money pay you. For five, you need to start renting some damn hotel rooms with that money.
9: Ben, I already booked my room at the Four Seasons. You meant to say Sheridan, I'm pretty sure. Four
8: points Sheridan. I know.
9: But Better.
8: If you rent to the Four Seasons, there ain't even the Four Seasons around here. Yeah, there is. No, there ain't. The
9: Four seasons, I oh, not I'm thinking of those. Orlando, oh, maybe. I'm thinking of those. All right,
8: I look forward to seeing everybody that's showing up. And listen, let me tell you something. I want to personally thank every single person showing up, okay? Because you're helping me, you're renting rooms, we're keeping the hotel alive. All right? It ain't going to make a fortune. It'll be good to make some income for the hotel, you know, to help pay the staff and everybody. I'm not making no money on this thing. But I really appreciate it because uh, these are the people I know that really give a damn about me. And the rest of you, 199,950, forget ya. All right, what else you got? No, but seriously, I'm going to do uh, more in the future if it works out. Yeah,
9: this is just a test.
8: It's, it's a test. A test of the local broadcasting so, system.
9: If it goes Beep. well, If it goes well, then you'll do more. Hopefully,
8: come on. You got anything else? Anything else else fighting signed in or Nick, wrote in
9: or what? Ms. Yuck, thank you for the twenty four ninety nine. Twenty four ninety nine towards the new bike.
7: New bike for fun, You uh, getting a new bike? Appreciate. What kind of bike was it? It's a Yamaha FZ one. Was a one thousand cc. So. What's Ooh, it? one thousand cc. It was a nice one. Frank,
8: sounds C- like a rice rocket. Is it a rice rocket? Am I allowed to say that now? Oh, I forgot. You can't say Rice Rocket or what?
7: Crotch Rocket. Crotch Rocket. Sorry. It's more like a cruiser, but it was fast.
9: Frank Pizzo, thanks for the $10. Keep your head up, Ben. Could be worse. You could be in New York. You're absolutely right. I could be in New York. I can't believe people are sending me
8: the room rates in Times Square. The same room that I'll pay $250, for in Times Square are now $45. They're dying in New York. Everywhere is screwed right now. This shit's got to get over, over, over.
7: All right, we're going to try to get a caller. This guy also has apparently lawyers involved. in a deal. Okay. Hey, Ben. Hey, What's how are on? you?
8: How
10: are you? What's going on? What do you got for us? Uh, I got a couple things, but uh, you don't seem happy. Maybe we should take t- t- start taking some, uh, some pills or something. Pills? Like what? Uppers? <laughs> I don't know. It's to help your depression. It's just not healthy for Hey, you. what
8: do you get? Life is a fuck. <sighs> Listen, right now, I'm losing millions. Okay, if I wasn't depressed, I wouldn't be normal, I think. You know, it's it's normal. You get depressed. What are you going to do? I can't be happy every day. I'm hearing about all the money that we ain't got and we need to come up with. Uh, so what am I going to do? I'm going to be depressed. I mean, it's life, you know, but, I mean, I ain't taking no goddamn pills. And I'll be acting like... So, normally, if, 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 if they're bargaining against, uh, they're loaning you money against a certain rate or a market, and right now, markets are like zero, so you should get really good loans, I mean, you know, but they're not going to give away the farm, you know? I mean, I don't know what your assets are. It all matters. But um, you should definitely uh, try to bargain with every bank, you know? Don't be afraid to bargain, and don't be afraid to get a second opinion. Because then you can play them against each other. <clears throat> but it didn't seem unreasonable what they are asking. I don't know what your assets are, but, you know. All right, good luck. You yeah, have a call. We have a call. I don't believe it. Somebody's calling. Hello. Hello. Hey, how are hey, you today? Are you? It's Ben. How's it going? Good.
10: good, good. What can we do for you? Uh, so I'm uh, I'm actually from Toronto, uh, and I worked in a, uh, an investment. And shop in real estate here for the last four or five years. And I got together uh, with a partner that's going to provide uh, a significant amount of capital as well as debt for us to start buying U.S. multi-family assets. And so the first place we started looking uh, was in St. Pete, uh, St. Petersburg. And I wasn't sure. We're, we're looking at either uh, larger assets, like hundred. 200 doors at a time, or we're gonna buy like a large number of kind of 10, 10 to 20 unit assets. Uh, and to break it up, really family him, deals, what you would suggest.
8: Listen, don't come over here to St. Pete trying to buy my goddamn deals up. You stay in Toronto and buy some shit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Toronto, uh, Canada people got watching this since you're like ours. All right, so you want to come over to St. Pete and buy up some of this good old American real estate, huh? You know why? Yeah. You know why everybody he wants
10: to come here? Tell them why you uh, can't buy it in Toronto. All the upside is priced in, and we have rent controls. It's called socialism, correct? Yeah, yes, sir. Top marginal tax rate is
8: 58%. Well, you know, I feel for you. But anyway, I mean, you know, a lot of guys, people from Canada down here buying real estate, I mean, and, and owning real estate. I mean, you know, you got to get with the big brokers and see if the numbers make sense for you guys. You need to get the return you're looking for. I think there's a lot of good deals getting ready to come to the table. You know, but, you know, you need to get with the guys that are moving that product and work with them. Um, you know, all the big... You, used to, you know who the bro- brokers are?
10: Uh, Yeah, I'm starting to familiarize myself. I've some connections at uh, CBR and Abinson Well, that's so it. Basically, you
8: got to go around and hit them all. you got to hit them all yeah. and say, hey, listen, this is what we're looking for. What do you got? They even advertise them on their Websites or whatever, or get on their 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 list. That they they send out every time, but you know you already know. You got CBRE, you got Franklin Street, you got Bricadia, you got this guy name. I think he went off on his own. I think he just picked something up in St. Pete. Jamie May, Jamie May. Uh okay. he's got stuff. Something I think just came up in St. Pete. Hit them all. You got to go to all of them and say, hey, show me what you got. And you put them on a table. You guys are smart guys. You underwrite them. See if they make sense. But it's dangerous right now because you know even here in this capitalistic, wonderful place, you cannot evict nobody right now. You know that.
12: Yeah. I don't know
8: how long that's going to go on for, but, you know, right now you got to be careful with multifamily because I'm starting to feel a pinch in my multifamily you know, this whole situation we're going through is definitely affecting every aspect of real estate right now. Every aspect I can think of is being affected by it, except maybe maybe grocery stores. So, um, you know, be careful right now also. You don't want to overpay because you can, might be looking at a, a major reduction in value soon.
10: Yeah, no, of course. All right. Sure. Well, good luck to yeah, you. No.
8: And uh, listen, if you stay in Tampa, stay in one of my hotels in Tampa, near any airport.
10: No, I will, I will tell you quickly uh, that you know uh, my parents had a place on, on Treasure Island in the past, so I was at uh, John's Pass constantly, so I love that place.
8: Well, good. Come back. Spend some money.
10: <laughs> Go cool on too. a pirate ship. Go
8: parasailing. Go jet skiing. Go on a dolphin tour. Eat in a restaurant, play in the arcade, eat ice cream, have a hot dog. What else? I made the goddamn Bubba. guy. All uh, right, take care. I made the goddamn guy. He keeps crying to me. He ain't making no money in the yogurt place. I personally bring him. I tell Matt and I tell little Ben, listen, I know we got two hot dog machines left over from uh, Hogan's Beach that we had. Put him, give him the guy a hot dog machine. So I, I tell them both. They both bring them one. I had to go take one back. We're here to take up the hot dog machine. But I said, you know, put the hot dog machine there, sell him out the goddamn window of John's pass, and make some money. And I had to, like, twist his arm to do it. I had to bring him a hot, and he's not even my tenant. He's my neighbor. I brought him a hot dog machine for him to sell hot dogs out of his yoga joint.
7: Anyway. And they did sell some. The they sold,
8: sold some. You with me. But now they got to spend a little money and make it a pass-through window. The window's right on the sidewalk. You put up a friggin' side hot dogs, you get three bucks a pop. They cost like 20 cents. And the bun's another 10? He's into the whole thing for 30, 40 cents with mustard and relish. He can sell for 10 times that. Aaron, you're going over there selling hot dogs this weekend I'm at ready. John's Pass. I'm gonna buy you a hot dog cart. That's what I'm gonna do. Aaron's hot dogs. Aaron's hot dogs. Aaron's Jewish <laughs> All
9: hot right. dogs. Alright, what else we yeah, got? Yeah, some super chats. Super chats. Chats. I Fix boats. Who? I Fix boats. I Fix boats. Uh,
8: hopefully my boat don't need no fixing. We fixed it. Oh shit, I still got a boat for sale. Yeah. Now I had to move it over to that guy. Oh, that was a disaster. Trying to move
13: the guy. Knocked down Saddam Hussein statue and took you motherfuckers all well. Fuck you Muslims over there. And you Afghanistan Muslim, you ain't still been able to beat America, nigga. I am a natural born American citizen, and we hate Muslims. I am a natural born American citizen. I put my hand over my chest when the, they sing the national anthem. I think it's disgraceful for any nigga to kneel when that white boy national anthem come on and you niggas ain't killed no white boy to kneel. Yeah, kill a white boy to kneel, nigga. Till the stand up and put your motherfucking hand over your heart and sing that motherfucking national anthem with us, nigga. You, you, you go to McDonald's, don't you? Yeah, you niggas, say, man, fuck you. I ain't never in my life met a motherfucking Muslim at the family reunion. Never, I ain't never met a goddamn Muslim at the family reunion. It's all niggas. And when we get through praying at Christmas in the family reunion from mama to mama seal, nigga, everybody hollering in Jesus' name. I ain't never in my life heard a motherfucker scream, Assalamu alaikum, till I landed in jail. Yeah, yeah, I ain't never heard a motherfucker say, Assalamu alaikum, until a nigga went to jail. Yeah, they didn't know what the fuck that was. So all you niggas, take your motherfucking ass to the penitentiary. Go down there, read some books. Fuck your few niggas, or fuck your few punks, or have your few fights. Smoke you some weed, drink you some hooch. When you get through tired of fighting and fucking punks, you nigga wanna pick up the Quran and and, and have Juma. Jew- You's a dumb motherfucker, Charleston White. You are a
12: dumb. Bitch, and I would slap the fuck out your ass, nigga, if you was sitting right here saying some shit like that, nigga, about our prophet, nigga. I don't give a fuck if you don't believe in it, you dumb motherfucker. I don't believe in the Buddhists. I don't believe in the Jehovah Witness. I don't believe they, they got the correct answers. But I'm not going to say nothing about their motherfucking religion, nigga. So you keep your motherfucking, keep your motherfucking bad thoughts to yourself, nigga. Okay, don't you speak about Islam, nigga, or even Christianity, nigga, talking that shit about God, nigga. And I pray that when you get to your grave, nigga, your ass will burn in hell, nigga, and the flesh will be burnt up, nigga, and your face will melt, nigga as punishment from God, nigga, for the shit that you said, nigga. You talked all that motherfucking shit, nigga, while you was in your life, nigga, to try to impress motherfuckers on social media, nigga. I'm a dumb motherfucker. I'm a dumb motherfucker, but I still got respect for God, nigga. I still get on my motherfucking knees and pray and bow down, nigga. I ain't never met God, nigga, but whatever the fuck is out there, nigga, I'm not gonna threaten to talk shit about it, motherfucker. Motherfucker, dumb motherfucker talking about it ain't no God. Look around, you dumb motherfucker. Look at the trees, the apples, the oranges. Nigga, the Quran says we put sweet milk in cows' bellies for your ass. We gave you horses to ride. We gave you mules and donkeys to carry your loads to lands that you could never carry to, nigga, without hard struggle. He sends down water from that sky.
8: The situation. depends on the type of business they're in, you know, what's fair is fair, you know, but everybody needs to be fair with each other under these circumstances right now, you know, but force majeure means they ain't paying your shit and they're out of here. I think it means they have to leave too, so be careful, they're trying to stay and claim it, I don't think that works. That just the post majeure is when you have to leave the premises. So
7: what else you got? That's all for tonight. That's, That's all, the That's checks. it.
8: All right. Good night. Good luck and take care. Be safe and uh, keep looking for real estate. Bye. Adios, amigo. Or fall, be in La La Land. So uh, what's I up? What do you got for me?
10: Up like Brooklyn Mike. Brooklyn Mike, you.
8: uh, like Brooklyn Mike, let me tell you, Mike, Brooklyn Mike's got worse <laughs> troubles than pills, I think. I don't know. He's just born nuts. <laughs> I don't think a pill can cure him, and I don't think a pill can help him, and I don't even think a pill got him that way. I think he's like a creature from another planet, but he's driving me nuts, and I'm going to kill him. So all he cares I about when the hell he's going to uh, freaking eat all the time. Guy's
10: bugging I this shit. listen to Aaron. He has... Good stock, uh, stock advice. I-, I would
8: take his advice. Take Aaron's advice? The only advice I should have took from Aaron was I should have bought fucking Zoom at 98. He would have made $4 million. Well, if I put a million into me. it, yeah. Which you then would've. he would have been the fucking hero in the family. But now he's not. Because I didn't take his advice. Anyway, but I appreciate it. You got, any real, you got any real estate yeah. for us or what? What do you got? Were well, you in New no,
10: York? I was going to... I was gonna book the 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 event but then I realized it's on Rosh Hashanah and,
8: Oh uh, on Rosh Hashanah it's not after. Well I'm sorry. God gave me special permission. But uh you uh, didn't give me though. What happened? Happy New Year. You're not on the you're not on the, you're not on the top list, sorry, you're not on the God's list of uh, giving breaks. But uh, anyway well, you you cover from I get own... my sponsor all right. Well, I, next. Don't worry. We're gonna have. we gonna have some more. If the if the thing works out, we're gonna do it on small groups. Uh, more frequently. So yeah, like seventy you know, people. No, less than that even.
10: Aaron. Five. Aaron, what kind of uh stuff does uh Ben do at home that makes him Jewish?
9: Stuff. On the holidays. What you, what, you do what, do I do? Do? what do I do? On the holidays.
8: What do I do? Uh eat potato pancakes. Eat a thousand does that make me pancakes. religious? Because I he's basing it a on thousand. food. He's just basing it on what I eat. He ain't we ain't in here, you know, wrapping him up with his arms and the straps and calling you know, but um
10: he uh, does, ben likes frit- frit- potato speak, frit- He speaks I a little that. bit of, a a of, a lot of Hebrew, Hebrew. Kogo, potato
8: pancakes, matzo soup. <laughs> You know, we, we, we're, we're Jewish eaters. We eat the food on the holidays or every day, all you the like, time. I'm just Jewish like when it comes closer, to right? eating. I hate filter fish. That, that, uh, once, in while, <laughs> once in a while, once in a while, that stuff's pretty rough. All right. Well, you take
13: care. <laughs> well, you're from Brooklyn. Yeah, you're from I know. Brooklyn. Come on.
8: But I'm from everywhere, everywhere. I eat it all. All right. Good luck to you. <laughs> Shabbat shalom, Rosh Hashanah, everything to you. I enjoy the challenge. All right,
9: baruchatov. I don't know anymore. Peace. <laughs> what else you got, Rafal? DJ Nick, thanks for the four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. You've inspired me to get into real estate. Thanks for all the info you've given me and all the videos you put out. Hope to meet you one day. Oh,
8: I'm glad. I'm really glad. Listen, everybody needs to own something. All right, you're undeserved for X amount of years. You should try to at least have a goal in life to own something, to own, I don't care if it's your house, I don't care if it's multifamily, a store, whatever it is that you know is going to make you some money or give you some sort of equity, everybody deserves to own some real estate in their whole life portfolio, you know, something, and if you like it, then keep doing it, make more, you can make more money. I never went to high school. I never went. I never walked in high school one day. Anybody can do it. I already knew how to get high. I didn't have to go to school for that. What do you got? Hello, hello, hello. Oh no! Sounds like a bad what's going on. Don't we have a do not block his number on the freaking telephone ben, or what?
10: Ben, listen, the show sold out. I got yeah, people yeah, calling yeah, left and right. Out. I need to scalp some no, tickets. No, no tickets. To scalp them
8: closed event, only normal people can come in, you're not invited unless you go in the dunk tank
10: it's sold you're going in the dunk tank to
8: tickets to scalp. only the dunk tank okay, that's it that's <laughs> the only thing you're getting in and when we get finished dunking your ass you're going to be drowned, they're going to be taking you away <laughs> in like a goldfish that's it big
10: event, or everybody's calling me for tickets
8: no tickets, no tickets this is a test, a test this is only a test can't do too many people right. cutting it down. What did you eat dinner tonight, big shot? You spent how much you uh, spend tonight? What? Sushi. Sushi. You know always yeah, eat sushi. You know, your girlfriend makes you eat sushi like five times a week. Change <laughs> your name to Mike <laughs> Sushi. Anyway, let t- we'll yeah, good. Go find a goddamn dunk tank. Don't call me until you get All the right. dunk tank. I'm not kidding. I'm not I'm not taking your calls no more. I wanna see All you right, in that you dunk go. tank. And then, I'm, oh, hard. Man, get and then I'm getting one of your own buddies from the Rays, a pitcher. <laughs> I'm going to get a friggin' pitcher that's going to get you <laughs> dunked 3,000 times. <laughs> All right. good luck, Peace. All right. What else we got?
9: Jake Wyatt, thanks for the 499. What is up
8: with the 499? Where does this 99 come from? Why can't he do round numbers? I don't know. So you lost your motorcycle? Did you ever ride I, it? I never even seen you ride it. Ride
7: no, it. I didn't ride it here because I have equipment, but I ride it to the gym. What equipment? Well, for the videos. Oh
8: yeah, here. But you ride
7: it to the gym. Yeah. Big
8: tough guy, yeah, take my bike to the gym. Yeah. Clubs and stuff. Clubs and the clubs. Why the hell would you take a bike? because oh, you think you're gonna pick up a girl on and take her home, and ride off with the bike like did
7: in the movie? Go to Clearwater Beach. Yeah,
8: oh yeah, go go cool down to free Clearwater parking, Beach,
7: free parking, free parking for motorcycles. Yes. Yeah.
8: Hey, what a cheap pull-up you hey, are!
7: Someplace is twenty-five bucks for parking. I probably. don't know. I don't know what kind I of girls. I
8: don't know that. what kind of girls you're picking up to get on the back of a bike. But uh, any well, double it Do uh the women that charge you get on the bike, too?
7: <laughs> no.
8: You want me to get on the that bike? Kind of it's $20 old. extra. All right. What else you got?
1: <laughs> Fosswell, thanks for the accurate. They think, they think at this moment that those things will be helpful and that those things will mitigate you getting it or how sick you get if you do get it. Right. Like, it just wasn't. I feel like they're just it wasn't caveated enough. Like there wasn't enough information around it. They were trying to do these sound bites that aren't really accurate. And then now, you know, now that all people are being vaccinated, I you see more and more people getting confused about do I wear a mask or do I not wear a mask? Right. Like I've been vaccinated but I had COVID. Like do we both have the same antibodies? Like are do we, we both... still
2: wear masks? Like we... Yeah.
1: And because there's no clear like what you know, when all the lockdowns were happening, I'm like, what is the expectation for these lockdowns? Because it, I thought it became clear pretty quickly that the expectation, the a realistic expectation for any of the lockdowns was not eradication. New Zealand was the only one that was like, we're going to lock down fully and we're going to eradicate, but sorry for New Zealand, you are part of the rest of the world, so even if you've eradicated it on your island, like the real goal there is to eradicate until there's a vaccine and we can get our vaccine pop- you know our population vaccinated, and then we can open like that's a more realistic goal right like the real goal for the lockdowns was to not overwhelm the hospitals. it was not so that nobody got sick like that was never like. People not catching coronavirus, people not getting COVID yeah. is not actually a realistic goal. <clears throat> Our hospital systems not being overwhelmed so that people who would normally be able to get proper care cannot and die like unnecessarily. Like that's a goal, right? Like mm. that. I, and, and it, But it was never being said. I'm like, that seems to be the clear purpose. Yeah. We're just trying not to overwhelm the hospitals. But nobody's saying it. So now everybody, there's like mask shaming and mm. there's all this confusion about, you know, when are we going to end the lockdown and all this criticism about, oh, they ended the lockdown too early not, not, you know, not early enough. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it wasn't clear. I, I saw think.
2: something really funny. I think it was on Vice yesterday where there's a, a group of anti-maskers who are... Now gonna start wearing masks to protect themselves against
1: vaccinated Mm -hmm. people. (laughs) I read an article about some that was hilarious. Private school school superintendent who was telling her telling the the teachers that they couldn't come back if they were vaccinated because they would be a risk. I just don't like. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
2: who knows i mean who knows it's hard to, it's hard it's a yeah. problem with all of it with everything with yeah. all of this tribalism and the po- political yeah. climate it's the it's impossible to understand yeah. what to know what's real or what's not
1: yeah you know, and science is slow right like Science is working on it. It is slow. Like mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I don't want to get vaccinated now because we're still in the clinical trials. I get that. Yeah, totally. Like I can are, totally empathize with yes. that.
2: Especially if somebody's pregnant and they don't want, and they're, yes. I can totally empathize with a mother that's pregnant yep. and doesn't want to get the vaccine because they don't know how it'll affect their child.
1: Exactly. Or if you have like an, um, an immune disorder or something, right? Like you mm-hmm. don't want to chance it, right? You right. don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I get that. I think as long as we're all being honest, like, you know, (laughs) I think as long as people are aware, like, be honest that like the Mm -hmm. vaccines are in clinical trials right Mm -hmm. now. Like everybody's being vaccinated as part of this giant clinical trial, right? Like we're not going to know for a long time any repercussions. We're not going to know for a long time if we need boosters or how long these vaccines are going to work. We're not going to. I mean, there's tons of stuff we don't know because science is working on it we just have to be patient and try to keep up with updates like if you try to force the hand of a scientist to give you a direct answer like give me you know tell me exactly what's happening you know this is the one and final answer they can't do that right and if they if they do do that then that should be a huge red flag to you that whatever they're saying is not accurate. Right, you know, scientists
2: shouldn't ha- try to act like they have the answers to everything. Their goal yes. is to ask questions, not to
1: exactly like they should be telling you, we think we know this now, we think this now, mm-hmm. but that's the extent of it, right? You know, and you have to be open. So,
2: typical dengue is fatal in less than one percent of cases. However, mm-hmm. dengue,
1: yeah, hemorrhagic uh, fever,
2: hemorrhagic fever is fatal in. percent of cases what is hemorrhagic fever
1: so um so that's what the gentleman died of that i took the phone call for was hemorrhagic fever so if you have so usually what happens is there's four different strains 20
2: to 50 percent if it's hemorrhagic
1: yeah so there's four different strains of dengue um that are generally regional Um, so you can catch dengue more than once, right? So if you catch like strain one, Mm. you can, and you travel, you can catch strain two and have it more than once. And the more, the more times you catch it, the more likely you are to have hemorrhagic fever, which is basically, so dengue fever gives you like a really strong fever. Um, and they call it break bone. Um, your bones hurt a lot. Mm. Um, and so when you have hemorrhagic fever, you just start to bleed. Um, and I don't know exactly, like, the exact details, but I know that you basically just, like, your fever gets really high and you, st- you kind of bleed out, I think, internally, possibly. Oh, my God. Yeah, so and so the more often, so, like, Andy caught it, <laughs> Andy caught it in Asia, But when he was tested, when he had the blood test, he had a variety. We were at a part of town. He caught it in a part of town where there were a lot of, like, backpackers. So he actually caught a strain that's from Australia. So now we're like, if he goes to Latin America or if he goes back to Asia, like, there's still these other strains out there that he's susceptible to, right? And then the body, it starts to overreact. Um, because it's had a strain before, but now this one's slightly different. So that's the risk of having it multiple times. So like the
2: immune system will overreact and sort of attack the own body. Yes. And I said, yeah,
3: nah, he's dope. She said what happened was she's like, she was looking online for a speaker and she like came across my website and somehow she came to my social media and she connected with you. And books you to speak.
8: Okay,
4: appreciate that, bro.
3: (laughs) I felt the way. She's looking for a speaker, but then some. And I'm a speaker. This is it. Is a time I'm calling myself a speaker. Like I'm, I'm getting gigs and stuff. How much I I owe you for that? You owe me a couple. I don't know how. Whatever she paid you, I don't remember. She told me. She said, she was like, yeah, I was looking for a speaker. I was on your website. And she didn't, I don't know. She just slipped up and said it. Like, right. She was like, yeah, I was looking for a speaker. I was on your website. And you kind of led me to Jeremy. And Jeremy came and spoke, and it was amazing. I was like, oh, that's what's up. <laughs> Close my phone. I said, yo, did Jeremy? And then I went on, then I went on your website. I'm like, where's his website got it, I ain't got it. And then um, yeah, I felt the way. Cause she was That's looking for a speaker. But now when you say it right now, mm-hmm. I didn't have a system. It like you got a system. Right. You probably had the pics on your website. Right. You probably mm-hmm. can see somebody coming. It's what it's probably speaking directly to her audience. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't have gotten mad. I should have got E-trade. <laughs> <You laughs> <Don't see. doubt. laughs> for sure. I should have got E-trade. I got that yeah. All right, so um Oh yeah, because you thought I forgot. What's the system on figuring out I would think, yo, would Jeremy help me out with that? It's just it just right, doesn't right, happen. Right, right, so right, right. um if you ever need me for your calls or anything like that, yep. please I am a servant. Um anytime you have a Sharice yep. will be reaching out to you. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> you know your conferences, yep. I am there, man. Yep. So it's all love. So um let us know how they can find you and uh close us out, man.
4: Yeah, at one. 1- Ah, uh, Jeremy Anderson. Yep. Yeah. At one, Jeremy Anderson on all the social media platforms. I'm pretty easy to find. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. So you want me to give you this point now, or is this last thought for the Patreon?
3: Last, not nah, close. This? No. This is, yeah. Right now to close out for for the world. For okay, we, we gonna we gonna cut the cameras. Then we'll come on. Okay. Patreon. Okay. Better. Just 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 close this out, man. There's somebody out there that is I'm um, struggling, man. Yep. Or they're like super gifted but they can't get their gift to the world, which is frustrating, right? It's like being pregnant for a long time. You just can't have the baby. Yeah. Imagine being pregnant for three three years. Mm. So I, I guess maybe close this out. Okay. Yep. So, let's,
4: so let's run with that analogy. Let me see what I can pull off in the spirit of the top of my dome. So let's say somebody is pregnant like, what purpose is something, right? And they feel feeling the contractions. They're feeling the pain of what they got going on. They know they have something special inside them, but they're having a hard time pushing it out. And like, it's in these moments when you got to get with a midwife or you got to get with the, um, the OBGYN. They might have to have you walk. They might have to have you do some squats. You know what I'm saying? They might have to perform some different things. They might have to do a C-section. You know what I'm saying? But what you have inside from you, you didn't put there. It was naturally given to you
5: the finances, man. It's just like a business. Your Music is a business. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like a lot of people don't understand that. You, how you so good at music? And then when it comes to the business or contracts or uh, finances, you don't know anything about it. But you talking about, you you clearly just doing music for no reason. If in your head, you're not thinking that I'm going to be the biggest rapper in the world. Okay, what comes with being the biggest rapper in the world? Damn, lawyers, um, accountants, uh, taxes. um, You feel me? That's how you gotta think. That's the only way that you' gonna really be the top nigga in the world. You know what I'm saying? I don't see no other way of being the biggest rapper in the world if you ain't thinking like that. You know what I'm saying? You just going to the studio doing some music because clearly you' wasting your money. Also, if you go start your LLC, let's say. Whatever you call your LLC, Trap Boy or Big Dog LLC, right? So, if you got an LLC and it's about music, from the studio should be a write-off. When you go in the studio and you pay for your studio time, let's say if you spend five hours a day in the studio, everything should be a write-off. All the clothes you buy, you as an artist, should be a write-off. The cars you're driving, it should be a write-off. Where you stand should be a write off. You're an artist, you're an entertainer, always. Every when you go in a strip club, you I need 5,000 ones. But give me a receipt. You feel me? Get that to your account. That should be a write-off because you're an artist. You're a brand. But
11: a lot of I challenge any grown man, homie, on this internet talking, nigga produce this how you separate the man from the boy niggas get out them corners take that camera out that corner and flip around let's see how you niggas living homie for you to have so much see this what make me such a bad motherfucker and i, I yeah i can pat myself on the back see because i can stand on this shit my nigga all the shit that i'm saying i can stand on I can pull you news articles. Man, I've been doing this. Man, let's come over here and do this. Come, I can do that. They can't, homie. They got to put themselves in front of the camera and talk for drama. I'm talking for change. It's just I got a bunch of niggas bringing a bunch of drama to me. I came to the internet positive. But I got so much hate on the internet, nigga, I'm going to reflect what's before me. I'm gonna reflect what's before me, nigga, and you think I'm gonna get an internet the real me? They gonna keep getting this goddamn character that they tuned in, they'll never get the real me.
3: I'm Jason's friend, I'm I'm Jay White's friend that uh, that just drinks and smokes and hangs out. Talk to me, Yeah. talk to me.
6: Man, do today what others want to have what tomorrow others can't. You have to put in that work today, right? To have that delayed gratification. Now, I never understood that when people was talking to me about it in 2008. But I put in work 30, 60, 90 days, and I reap the benefits later on. And now
3: I am where I'm at today. So,
6: put the work in today, reap the benefits tomorrow. <sighs>
3: Can't close it out no better than that, man. Do me a favor, man. Go get you some social proof, but I need you to follow my boy, my boy Jay White. All right. Um, and I need to see you in the community, but go get you some social proof. I need you to go build something. Put your time, energy, sweat, blood, tears into something. Build something. Okay. Use your head. You can go do it. Build something. But then I need you to come back and teach your community how you did what you did just like jay white all right we are out of here peace
2: be in this person's life and deal with this person in order to get valuable intelligence from them
1: right because that was
2: super interesting
1: yeah and i i mean for me personally part of that's like what's the greater good here right like maybe you're dealing with this horrible person but What are they giving you for the greater good? I think on the other hand, like most people... So I worked with a lot of refugees, and there are absolutely horrendous stories about what happens to people who become refugees before they become refugees, right? So you read all these horrendous stories of like child soldiers and you know like neighbors turning on neighbors and rape being used as a weapon of war and like like there are so many scenarios out there that the average person who lives a comfortable life does not even like cannot even comprehend and when you're in a scenario where essentially every decision is would be considered a bad decision where like and you're black and white, it's all black, you still have to choose. And you have to be comfortable with whatever that choice is. Like, you can't just stand there. You have to make a choice. So you can't put everything into a good and bad bucket. There's a giant gray area of, um. you know, like if, if I have to choose between, <laughs> you know, between dealing with like some kind of horrible person who has ties to terrorism. And I know that they are going to be able to give me information that stops an attack that saves 50 lives. Like you're going to give that dude money. You're going to take him out. Like you're going to be friends with him because he has the ability to do good on the other end, whether he knows it or not. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, those are the real life choices. That's what happens in real life. I think that when you are living, I mean, and I, I live a comfortable life, I just happen to have had the exposure, right? I think when you're living a comfortable life and you're not exposed to the like to the realities that are out there it's easy to judge. It's easy to judge and be like, Oh, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. Okay. Well, when you are in these situations and you're standing there and you have to make the decision, let's see what your decision actually is. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have to change. I think your idea, like you have to shift from what's right and wrong to what is the objective. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're doing stuff for the, for the government, like military CIA, um, Like, what is the objective here? What is the mission here? And how do you accomplish that? It's not about what do I personally think is right and wrong? How do you obtain your objective? How do you complete your mission? Because that mission is serving all of us. Right. Like, whether we know it or not, there are missions happening right now that maybe we would disagree with, but they're serving us. They're protecting us. Right. So...
2: Yeah, I, to- I had a one guy on here who was—he uh, was a, a drone pilot, yeah, it, it, for flying those drones over Yemen, those killer yeah. drones, and he was like.